check, check. All right, all right. This is, what is it? It's it, 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 it. Checking the microphone one time, checking the microphone two times. Here we are, the Cannabis Coffee Hour. With your host, me, Rob Cantrell, coming back for another exciting podcast, 138. We're going to have some cannabis. We're going to have some coffee. I'm going to talk to you for about 45 minutes to an hour, a general vibe out on life and coffee and comedy and and uh, just general, general feeling, feeling of everything and then oneness. That's what I bet. That's right before I got on the podcast. I haven't smoked today, but I have some lined up. I have some Kush cake, which is, you know, more of a laid back feel. So this might be a laid back episode, uh, which I might need. But I'm coming off hot because uh, the idea of everything and then one thing, you know, the whole idea of one love, one moment, one sound. Um, so what I was thinking about was, um, life and death. Like we are everything right now. This moment, this is everything. You don't think we're connected, but we're connected. Everything is happening. This is everything. You're everything. I'm everything. We are all of the universe. And, but then being an individual, being able to live a life of an individual is everything beginning, being able to be one thing and then looking at itself. And then you become everything again, and then you become one thing, and then, you you know, it kind of goes in and out. Not you specific, all of us. So I don't know, that was uh, something I was kicking around my brain. Um, I haven't been meditating. I, I did it the other day. I made it 15 minutes. I just, I could tell when I'm not on. Meaning like I do need some type of uh, repetition if I'm doing it like three or four times a week. I'm really feeling clean and mean in the head. Right now I'm feeling clean and mean, um, but I do have to struggle with like getting out of my head and getting out of like self-talk. And anytime I, uh, when I'm meditating, I can get back right getting back right into this moment this moment here um and that gets confusing when you start doing podcasts and listening to old media and thinking about new media um it's hard to get in the moment it's hard uh with so many beautiful beautiful distractions uh internet oh god how fun is it and how lame is it all at the same time but i tell you what's not lame is this coffee. I want to give out uh, a shout out to my brother-in-law. I got to write him a thank you note or a thank you email, but uh, my buddy, Kevin, and uh, I, it's, I've been six months. I am uh, just wealthy in coffee beans. <laughs> I don't have a private jet or a yacht or even a wristwatch, but I do have, you know, great family that hooked me up with great gifts. This is called Atlas Coffee Club. And I get great high-end beans once a month. And it's from different parts of the country. If you want to get this for a gift for somebody, do it. It's awesome. The beans are amazing. The one thing I loved about doing this podcast, and we'll always do this podcast, I just like coffee. I like drinking it. I think beans are cool. Uh, I've gotten better. I could tell. It's the same thing with cannabis. Like, I'm not a super expert, scientific nerd about it. But I know good shit and I can get the I know when it's good and how now I'm starting to understand kind of the more simple and minimalist look at just getting to the core of uh, what good stuff is. And I think that's, you know, with coffee, it's all about the roast and then it's all about the beans and how those accents kind of work with each other. But this is in Bolivia. In Bolivia, I think that's near Transylvania. I don't know. Once you start talking, there's so many countries in Europe. I am such a dumb American. I, I don't want to say dumb American. 
closed-minded, but I know everybody in Europe is closed-minded too. If you haven't been out, 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 you travel around, you Wikipedia stuff, but if you're not living and breathing it, you really don't know it is how I see it. Uh, and I've never been to Bolivia, but uh, let's read about Bolivia. I'm going to read this to you. And this is the, co the coffee, man, it's just, it's almost to the point where I barely use cream anymore. Like I got a great coffee cup. Check this out. This is Brooklyn, just sick ass. It kind of looks like the five boroughs uh, Beastie Boys. I think it's the same artist, but it's more Brooklyn buildings. Hmm. I don't know who gave me this cup. Oh, Fish is Eddie's. This is their cup, man. This is a premium coffee club. I got that uh, from my wife, who I love dearly. Shout out to Anne. In uh, her little shop, they got me that Annie's Blue Ribbon General Store. But back to Atlas Bolivia Coffee. Man, I just, that sip, it's the last, I've been doing the Chemex, love the Chemex. Yeah, it is a little nerdy and setting it up in the morning. It's not as like, I had the French press down to like three steps and I had, you know, banging ass coffee. This is a more steps, but I'm getting a better cup of coffee. And it's it's a lot of like weed and hash, like like it, it is a paper strain, meaning the cholesterol is low density. It's not going to, you know, mess with your heart that much. Um, and the taste, I don't know. There's something about getting the greasy, you know, espresso being really in there. But then there's something about the clean filter of the uh, paper, which just just gives it this just really good finish. I don't know what it is, but it just has an elevated taste to it that I can really I don't know. It's like one or two cups. I'm satisfied. Even like each sip. It's got it's got it's not just water, it's full body taste. Boom to the ya. Yeah. Okay, in a softly swaying cable car, you are gliding over the sprawling uh, Turcotes rooftops and verdant treetops of La Paz. Poundings, pounding drums boom up the street and dancers in fantastical shimmering costumes swirl in time. You've stumbled upon an annual Entrada Universitata put on by the 15,000 university students intent on preserving the rich folklore traditions of this diverse nation. Yo, you imagine the same rhythmic timeless percussion pounding at the so-called dinosaur dance floor, a massive limestone wall filled with thousands of dinosaur footprints dating back 68 million years. Trance, trance that ancient history, trace that ancient history to the salt flats, the Yunami salt flats, where the rainy season yields an otherworldly myriad expanse. Step on clouds, loose the horizon. Whoever's writing this is a very good writer. It's detailed. It's coming at an angle. I think they're trying to give you a feel and taste of what Bolivia is all about. Dramatic striped sand dunes tower over a bright red lake filled with pink flamingos. Whoa. And jaguars prowl deep in the Mahami Amazon reserve. Above it, all snow-capped Andy mountains peak over the rolling hills. The distant of carpet crazy Mammoths, mammoths spread across the valley of the moon. In Bolivia, a dreamlike escape awaits. Yo, Bolivia sounds trippy. But I remember from the movie uh, Less Than Zero, which came out in the 80s, which uh, the dude from Iron Man um, played a coked out uh, editor in New York. It was a very popular 80s book that became a movie um but he referred to um cocaine as bolivian marching powder so 
Bolivia. I just remember that. The country of South America, Bolivia. So it's South America. Okay, it's like, it's around Peru. Yeah, the, Central America, South America, man. I So far away, but so close. Brazil, I mean, I've done Mexico, but I haven't even got down in. And I, I used to hang out with a girl from Venezuela who was cool. I didn't hook up. We were just like friends, friends. And, uh, but she was straight from Venezuela, but she was very cool and loved her country. I think they're going through a lot of stuff. But Bolivia, I guess it's like right there. It's next to Brazil and uh, Peru. Bolivia is a country in Central South America with a varied terrain spanning the Andes Mountains. You got to love mountains and ocean. When you get both of that, you're looking good. But they're not right on the coast, but they, get, they have some crazy lakes. I guess that's what they were talking about, that pink flamingo lakes. Um, border of Peru. I'm going to see some pictures here. Okay, a lot of water and stuff. All right. Okay. Bolivia. Man, what are you all about, Bolivia? Well, that was just... I don't know what... Hold up. I hope I didn't... Okay. I just thought I might have took down the Zoom, but I didn't. It's all good. Bolivia. Okay, we know it's in South America. Let's get a Wikipedia. Like, I like that. Let's see here. Well, here's a BBC rundown. I can read a little bit of this. And, and then I'll be done with the Bolivia stuff. But it is, it's fascinating where this coffee's all coming from, all these different countries. And I learn about these countries and I learn about these cultures and you learn about the terrain and you learn about the environment. Um, the country of extreme extremes, landlocked Bolivia is the highest and most isolated country in South America. It has the largest proportion of indigenous people who make up two thirds of the population. The country has the second largest reserves of natural gas. Whoa. But there has been a long running Long-running tensions between the exploitation and the exports of resource. Indigenous groups say the country should not be, should not relinquish control of the reserves, which they see as Bolivia's sole remaining natural resource. Bolivia is also one of the world's largest producers of coca, the raw material of cocaine. The crop eradication program, though easing the flow of conditional U.S. aid has in, has incensed many of the Bolivia's poorest farmers, whom coca is only their source of income. Yeah, population ten million. Major religion Christianity. Major language Spanish. Guarani. Wow. It sounds like a cool spot. I don't know. I, I think South America, it's all these countries are kind of, you know, the drug war is really just like ravaged a lot of, uh, and it's the appetite of for drugs in America and around the world and, and everywhere. You know, I just don't, the whole cocaine thing, like I'm for legalizing marijuana, but I'm not a Coke dude. I don't think Coke is good for society, but I also know like, telling people what to do and, and I'm made up different and I'm a different thing is for my world and how I want to create myself. Um, I just don't want that element around. I don't want guns around. I don't want Coke around. I like nice people. Um, I like sun. I like flowers. I like herb. Uh, I like music. Um, that's where I'm headed. But, you know, dark side of it, everything. You know, you can't have the light without the dark. Um, I guess what I, it's just, my heart kind of goes out to Mexico and Central America with the immigrants and not enough jobs and all this stuff. But I think meditation, I don't think, I don't think meditation is the only thing, but I think we're figuring what I think it is, 
is that we don't even know what being a human is totally. And being a human isn't just consuming and shitting. It's about being curious and opening up and discovery. And that's what I've learned. I still haven't figured out myself. I mean, I am. The more I'm meditating and stuff, and I mean, being, I think that's, if you could just be yourself and be in the moment and not have the pulls of money and society and even sex drive, all that stuff, if you could just, just be, there is something that will tell you where to go. Um, and I don't know if that's your inner voice or whatever, but I do, maybe it's a part of being connected to nature and the universe, and it is expanding and growing constantly at all times. And if you're not expanding and growing, you get lost, you get pushed. Uh, you think it's gonna be like that forever, but nothing is forever. One of the things in Lao Tzu that I was studying was like, you gotta watch the, the comings and goings. And as I've gotten older, I've just seen things rise up and then fall away. Rise up so big that you think they'll never go away and then they go away. Problems that I've I thought I would never get around or, and then somehow they just work their way through. Shit happens. Time keeps on moving along. And the less you think about it sometimes, the more I'm, that's what I'm trying to get to a point of not thinking about it, being myself, serving others, and then just seeing what happens. <laughs> and that's where I think trust comes in. Is trusting yourself, trusting the universe, because I have been down when the chips have been down. I've had no jobs. I've had great jobs. I've been on private planes. I've got big amounts of money. I've been super broke. I've been broker than broke. I've had, you know, I, you go through it. But as you go through it and you learn that it's never going to stop, and there's, a, and sometimes the hard times, I became a better person than when I had the good times. Um, but now I'm getting to a point where I'm figuring out who I am and, you know, I'm just really good at stand-up comedy <laughs> and I do love performing it and getting out there. Um, but it is hard. I'm getting older. And so I'm, I, I'm dealing with a lot of like middle of the road type shit, but now like it's too late. Like I just got to move forward and knock it out the best I can. So check out my, uh, my comedy album caffeinated dope rhymes yo they have it on spotify right now you can listen to seven great i you know people can talk about my uh can downplay my stand-up or my acting even though i've gotten better really good out there lately um but i i'll stand by my hip-hop my music i'll stand by coffee and weed i'll stand by married and shit nobody was rapping that shit when i was rapping it seven years ago rub my feet they haven't even figured the how good at that of a song that is yet uh rub my feet is almost like an anti-sex song uh it kind of was going through the concept of like how sexuality is just so pr predominant of our society and it, it is in terms of like marriage and heterosexuality and then rebelling against that and but then love shows us that all things work if looked upon with loving eyes and understanding a little bit. I don't know what I was trying to, I think with the transgender and just like all these different communities and the LGBT and pride month, I, um, my heart goes out to all my gay family members, all my gay friends, the struggle. I can't really imagine. And it has to be weird and, and, and figuring it out, figuring out just being a regular straight dude myself in a society that's kind of like straight friendly is weird. I couldn't imagine being gay. And then you throw trans on there. Like I'm almost at the point now where I've just, 
I'm not trying to figure it out, man. You, you got your own ride. You got your own gig to figure out. And if that's what you need to figure out, then that's what you need to figure out. That's where my head's at with it all. Um, but yeah, respect to the pride month, be proud. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the whole thing about the gay community and the gay movement coming out of the closet and being more open with their sexuality is a lot in line with coming out of the closet with cannabis and society opening up to, you know, different options. You know, I think even with the political wear and tear that's happening right now, um, it's, it's a lack of options and a lack of options to express themselves. You know, when you have a two-party system with billions of people from all different walks of life, uh, you know, it's, there, there's just gotta be more options. Does that make sense? Um, because there, we aren't that special in the sense that there's just been so, that's what New York teaches you is like, there's just, I went to Costco in New York. It's always packed at Costco in New York. Like the Brooklyn one, it's like jammed up. If you're like from Ohio and you go to Costco, you don't even know, dude. The Brooklyn one is just fucking jammed up as soon as it opens. But it's awesome. But there's just so many people and they're buying so much food. And it's just so many different cultures and so many different types of people. And I look around at the buildings and I'm, I think about New York and how many people have come here to try to go for their dreams and live life and cried and screamed and loved and sang and danced and <laughs> murdered and killed and, and, and laughed and screamed. You know, it's just a big city of millions and it's 8 million stories. It's just like the classic hip hop. 8 Million Stories by uh, the great Curtis Blow, the king, Curtis Blow, uh, had 8 million, 8 million stories. And it's all about New York. 8 million stories. It was kind of like right before, like the message and hard times and what people have to do for money. There was all like these like, uh, life is broke, I'm broke type of rap rhymes, which have always been there, but there was like a big upswing. It was like kind of the beginning of conscious rap. But, you know, before that, you know, hip hop was, you know, ball, did it ball, the dang, the dang. It was came out of the disco. It was party, party hip hop. Um, just, you know, going, checking the mic, giving your friends shout out uh, at the live party jam. But then, uh, you know, Grandmaster Melly Mal, which is the message, which may be like the best hip hop song, if not even the best song, like uh, lyrically, like hip hop is like so far ahead. I mean, I'm not saying more is better, but in terms of like breaking down words, you know, hip hop, like it's kind of like what jazz did to music, like jazz pretty much took all of music and then just chopped it up, spun it on its head, brought it backwards, figured out the best thing, and then just ran it um, on real instruments. And uh, so you had to be a master musician, and that would take 10, 20 years. And that's why, you know, cannabis and jazz music kind of always was hand in hand. Louis Armstrong, the guy that wrote what a wonderful world. I know I've said this, but this just needs to go out into the universe over and over again. OK, um, because there's a lot of anti uh, cannabis stuff coming out there. I did not like seeing that shit from Fox News. Like, don't even get me started if you start if you guys start going that way. All right. Because the guy who fucking uh, sang what a wonderful world, Louis Armstrong, maybe one of the most in the moment, beautiful reflections on life from a singular force from a man that was in the entertainment business as an African-American in the 1930s and 40s doing a new music in a new culture and how dangerous it probably was to travel. He smoked pot every day and he sang what a wonderful world. And he always I think he wrote like a, a letter to the president, how he thought cannabis should be legal. Um, definitely do your research on Louis Armstrong. It's he is. I should. But I do know uh, when I was hanging, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to drop. Uh, there was, the, you know, there was some talks of a movie about Louis Armstrong with some groups of people I was hanging with. And um, 
you know, the history is just so deep and it's American history. Jazz is American music. Uh, rock and roll came from jazz. But now nobody really plays jazz except for like super studious musician heads. Um, you know who did was Kevin Barnett went to high school. R.I.P. Um, Bird Luger. Shout out um, to the heavens. But uh, he was a great jazz dude. And he studied with like top end jazz players. The thing about jazz is that they're snobs musically because they are they can play an instrument better than you. And um, they look at music in a different way, you know, not commercial. It's more about technique and, you know, everything and, you know, pop music, rock music, hip hop music, you know, all that was very commercial. And, you know, there was superstars in jazz. But the essence of jazz was about the music and the musicianship of the musician. And then if he could find a groove and if his groove was unique, but also could it fit with all the other players going on at the same time. Um, so jazz, I don't know. I don't listen to it heavy, heavy, but it's heavy. And I went through phases. I went to Charlie Parker's church. There was a church in San Francisco. I remember I smoked a bunch and went to church on Sunday at Charlie Parker's like, and they would just worship. Uh, I don't know if it was Charlie Parker. It may have been. It was one. It wasn't Miles Davis. It was the church of. Uh, what was it? John Coltrane. It wasn't. It wasn't Charlie Parker. I was listening to Charlie Parker because that was Basquiat's. Uh, the artist Basquiat's favorite music. And I was like, I don't even know that much jazz, but I got, I don't know if you heard the last episode, I went to Basquiat's grave. I did this like field trip and there's this wild cemetery out here, the Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn, New York. And Basquiat is buried there. You can go to his grave. Dude was like 28 and just fucking punched an eye in the art world that reverberated. And he's connected to hip hop. He's connected to New York. Uh, he's a fascinating part. Uh, his whole gig is he's part, I think part, maybe Haiti and Puerto Rico, New York 70s immigrant. Baby, like I think born between two immigrants in 70s. Well, not in the 70s, because that's when he popped. Well, the early 80s. 70s but he died young like he it was young but uh i think yeah his parents one was from i think puerto rico and one was from haitian and then they grew up and those were big new york communities especially in that time and then they kind of came together and made him and he was such an oddball artist that he just popped in the new york underground graffiti scene and then popped in the mainstream scene some people like come in and just figure out the game and fuck it up, man. Um, I've seen it done. Um, Hannibal was a lot like that. Hannibal Burris was a lot like he just had it figured out and people were into it and he was into it and he would just and and then the Bill Cosby thing happened and that just spun. But he was moving heavy even before that in terms of art, in terms of like writing jokes and he was definitely just pure joke, 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 and just getting a good groove into it. And, you know, I, I have been doing that. I've been doing that on stage is a little bit more jokey joke. And then I do real stories. Right now, I've been doing it so long. In terms of stand-up, I can break stand-up down to one-liners, to stories, to characters, to, um, you know, characters, impressions goofy voices, um, monologues, um, opening bits, closing bits, check spot bits. Um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, I kind of know that language, that art um, of it. This, uh, this is some good herb and good coffee. <laughs> I know I, I went on a hell of a tangent there. Um, on jazz music and i didn't even get to the stuff that I, I got written down here um music wise 
I have been I've been listening to more humble pie. There's a good song that's just kind of a good groove, uh, grooving with Jesus. It's not the best song, but the funk groove is the groove to it is amazing. And that's by Humble Pie. And I've been listening to that. Oh, and then Green Day Walking uh, Contradiction. I've been pumping the shit out of this song. Um, I hope I didn't turn the sound off to this. Oh, yeah, I can't play it. But Walking Contradiction by Green Day. In the music video, if you ever get a chance to check out the music video, it's a it's a dope, dope how it's shot, how it's done. Um, there's all these different stunts. It's amazing. Uh, Walking Contradiction by Green Day. And I think everybody's that. That's the other thing about judgment and like people I've seen throw shade. They usually got that same shade. But talking shit is so much fun. But uh, judging it usually comes right back is what I, what I usually have seen because everybody is a, like a walking contradiction. You know? Um, and you see it in New York so hardcore. Uh, you see it in everything, you know? The contradiction or, you know, more or less the yin and the yang are just like the good and the bad. And they have to be there. I mean, you always you always want to elevate up, but you can't um, can't deny the bad. I guess you know. I get the reason I struggle with these things is because I try to stay positive and positive. And now that you know, there's such dark times and all this heavy shit is happening, whether it's the school shooting or politics. But I don't know if it's just me watching too much YouTube or not. But uh, but it's like, um, yeah, I, it's just judging people too harshly. Like, it's so easy to judge. And I think we're getting more and more, you know, just defined in the naming. And he's a Republican. He's a Democrat. He's this. He's that. He's pro that. He's pro this. He's that. Blah, blah, blah. And I understand that there's marginalized people and that we have to move forward and we have to identify the problem. But I'm just wondering if we're holding ourselves back in the moment to making, you know, real connections is like, I guess that's kind of where I'm at with my head and all that. Well, I, I just think that I'm a walking contradiction. Um, I think everybody is somewhat of a hypocrite, but um, but you had, you know, by you just, so you having that self-awareness but some people are so confident, like, I'm just like, are you really believing yourself that much? <laughs> but you should, you should, and you shouldn't listen to anybody um, because we all are, you know, this is our moment to be a singular force. So that's where I'm at the point where like, yeah, you're going to, I mean, maybe this is a way of seeing this one side, my side, and then all of us seeing all these millions of different sides to everything. That's a damn good cup of coffee right there. I haven't finished it. Don't you love when you look down? It's the same thing with herb. You look down and there's more coffee in the cup. You're like, man, that was some good coffee. And you look down, you're like, oh man, I got enough coffee to finish this podcast. I, I thought I was going to be out of herb for the podcast, but I think I got enough um, to smoke um, for the podcast. But then I also like to have a bowl right after I finish the podcast and I'm off mic as easy as it thinks that as it sounds that I'm just sitting here rambling, dambling, which I am a little bit. And I appreciate you guys listening. The numbers are going up like, and subscribe. I appreciate all the love and support, but it is, you know, I got to get off my ass and uh, rock the mic now and then. And I, you know, I've reached out to some, uh, some uh, guests but I just don't want to just have anybody. And one of my things that I'm doing wrong in the like booking department is waiting. People don't want to be asked last minute. So the ones that I've gotten good and that are good, they don't really have the time. I mean, they're all great, but uh, you know, just lining shit up properly. That's, you know, getting off my ass and lining shit up, getting a nice date, sending a nice email. The only thing is like you do all that work and then you, you still get blown off. But sometimes most people, most of my friends get back to me. 
most. And then I also know people are busy. And when you got shit going on, it's hard to get back to people. Um, I saw that when I was traveling with Joe Para. That, uh, shout out to Joe Para in Buffalo. If you're just tuning in and you found out uh, about me from those shows, those were magical, man. Buffalo Town Hall, get down. Two shows there with Joe Para. His audience was so awesome. Um, I love Buffalo. Uh, goofballs to the core. Um, yeah, and interesting. And um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, and it has like kind of a small town vibe with a big city thing going on. I love middle of the road. That's why I love San Francisco so much because it did have like, especially when I lived out in the Sunset District, like you could go, like I was right on the ocean. So I would see like the ocean and then I would be in the middle of downtown um, later in the night, you know? And then you could go up to Tahoe and be like on the mountains. I guess you can do that here, but it just was a little bit more dramatic and better out there. <laughs> no, it's awesome out here and amazing. Uh, but in California, it's got its uh, problems right now too. Um but on the whole, just like living in San Francisco was the closest I've ever been to living in a small town and also a big city and small town. I'm meaning like kind of that hippy dippy vibe. Like there's redwoods, like you go to the park, there's a fucking Buffalo, there's drum circles, has a very college campus vibe, pot smoke everywhere. Um, but that's how it's getting in New York. New York right now is getting very cannabis friendly. I had a great show last night in Williamsburg. Shout out to the gutter. Shout out to the comedians. You should know uh, David Drake. Uh, great comic runs the show over there. They do it Wednesday and Saturday. Um, and I've done it for years. Not for years. I guess I've done it since they've been there. And that, that venue is wild. It's an old like bowling alley, but it's like the super classic old style. Like you think it's like literally like run on conveyor belts uh, pulled by monkeys or something. Um, but no, it's like 1950s, 60s old bowling alley with a bar in the back that everybody goes to. And uh, it's called the gutter and it's great. But uh, when little name drop thing here in 2005, I went to a party with Arch Barker who was on flight of the Concords, but it was like their first season and uh, they did it there. So it was like all the flight of the Concords, all the cast, all. Uh, and I played. I Yeah, I remember I played. I didn't talk much because I was just hanging with Arj. I was just his friend. Um, and then we had drinks at the bar after. And that was it. I didn't talk to the fellas. Um they were it was still kind of like they were heavy, like it was like their TV show night and gutter wasn't found out. It was still kind of like a hidden spot. And it was like a Tuesday. But um, that was like their little office party that I got to go to. And that was like the first season. So it was sick. Um, and then I got to do an infomercial and I had a little trailer and that was awesome. So shout out to my buddy, Arge Barker. You can check out our video um, coffee and weed on YouTube. I'm very proud of that work. I shouldn't say proud. I'm trying that even to go with pride or hope. More of the moment, you do the work. But I do feel good. I, I feel sometimes when I do work, I'm like, ah, oh, that's kind of funky and whack. And then I do other shit. I'm like, ah, oh, that was. I, I don't even care. It got two views. That's. I, I will stand by that fucking thing. Um, because people like whack shit, like people like lame stuff. Lame stuff does make a lot of money, but sometimes good stuff when it's, you know, just quality and good and it smacks, that makes the most. Um, and that's where I'm trying to go. And that's where we're going with this podcast. We're going, uh, we're doing it jazz freestyle, uh, mixing it up. Yeah. Where was I going? There was another like connection with jazz. Um, yeah, I guess the hip hop beats was like jazz was like there's would be no hip hop without jazz because jazz. I mean, it is the drum break of all the like these rock drums, which is like the golden era, but just in the essence, essence of running a rhythmic beat over 
music. I don't know. Jazz was on par with hip hop. You know, it, it just seems like it, hip hop was built on, you know, how you can, a jazz cat would just sit there and be like, do, 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 and jazz cat be like oh i love this and then at the you know charlie parker at the very end goes, do, 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 do. and uh and, and you with the jazz cat would be like ah oh, ah oh. you know the same thing with hip-hop is like a lot of it like to make a good hip-hop song not to be tell you how you could do it but I, it is this simple like not with hip-hop it's not simple but the, the gig with making hip hop music is finding a bomb ass beat. And then you're feeling that bomb ass feet. And then you just run and gun on that fucking thing. And you, you write, you rap, you write, and you get in pocket and you just go hard. Um, that's what's, that's, what's dope about it. Um, that's how it's done. That's like the same thing with rock and roll. Like you get a good drummer, he lays down a simple beat and then you just bang on your guitar, get a badass, you know, and then you ride over that beat that the drummers laid down. Um, between music, I guess that's where I was going was like with jazz, it was about feel, the feel, the feel, you know, lately I've been and that's a lot about everybody will tell you, like, don't think feel, you know, that's Star Wars. Yo, I watched the new Obi-Wan, the new Obi-Wan. Uh, the new Obi-Wan kind of sucks, man. I watched it. It kind of sucks. I loved Mandalorian. And uh, I loved Mandal Mandalorian. was dope. And then um, Boba Fett had like two episodes that were good. I don't know. He was a little bit looked like Joe Rogan. I don't know. There's a lot of just like kind of like, ah. Uh, but then... Um, I was so hyped on Obi-Wan. I guess the story, but it just didn't, it didn't feel right. It didn't run right. I don't know. I think maybe it's just too big of stars. It, it felt like a movie into four parts. I don't know. DeLorean, the Mandalorian was just set up. Give me that good 45 minutes to an hour. Give me a couple good scenes. Give me a little touching moment. And then you're done, kid. Uh, feel feel don't think feel and that's jazz you know it's a feel you don't know why you feel the music same thing with like um hip-hop like some of these lyrics and trap music is just so violent it bums me out running packs and and shooters and it's just so violent man and like to the point too it's like hardcore um I, I fuck with Ice Cube, but I don't know the, the just the straight uh, super crime rhymes after a while, like the entertainment wears off and you're like, God damn, man, slow down. Um, but what was I? Oh, was the feel a lot of because uh, young Dolph, that guy that passed away. I don't I don't know trap rap that much, but these names pop up and then you check them out. And I know people that are that know music really well, like them. And then I checked out his raps and I mean, it's trap. I mean, it's super trap rap, but so, it's just, there's a feel to it. And I think that's how Tupac was. You know, some people just feel the shit out of that dude. I wasn't fully tapped into Tupac. I like Brindle got a baby. I like, you know, to me, I think he was amazing actor, rapper. Um, that meant, you know, a lot more than that to the african-american community but um but for me just judging him on his art like he was just good he was a better actor like he was knocking out movies like the thing is is like people can talk or whatever talking shit they want to talk but it comes down to in terms of entertainment movie is like the top dog it makes the most money and it lasts the longest it's a moving picture you know which is so fucking dope. It's pretty much reality, but not really. So in terms of art, you're kind of playing with reality. So if you make a really good movie and you could care, if you're an actor that can carry a good movie, that's very far and few between and it makes a ton of money. And so that gives you a lot of power. Like his potential 
uh, for entertainment business was way beyond rap to me. Like, it was just like, dude, that dude was could have been the, one of the best actors of all time. I thought he was a great rapper, but he would bite like styles like he would have a biggie style and he would do like um, he was just the best chameleon is how they they said his type of rap style was. It wasn't a, a super original, but he would do everything really good. And it always had kind of a Hollywood big movie, big feel. That was the thing that he could carry a movie thing like California, that track like that in terms of like jams, California loves to party. That whole thing like that is like one of the best songs ever, you know, but it had this like epic movie feel to it. Same thing with the 50 Cent album. Like, I don't know. There's something Hollywood. Dr. Dre, I don't know, Atlantic Records, uh, uh, Warner Brother Pictures. I don't know. There's something in the sauce that they make that sound just sound bigger and more cinematic, um, which is is a dope thing. Um, so, so, yeah, it's just don't think, feel. And I feel like this was a really fun episode. I had a great cup of coffee. I had a great bowl. I uh, loved hanging out with you guys talking it up. We'll have some more guests like, and subscribe, hit me up at contact at Rob Cantrell email. If you want to, uh, suggestions or sponsor the show officially, uh, we're talking to a couple dispensaries right now as things open up. I just think this is uh, the perfect platform for your brand. So get at me, uh, if you're not a scumbag, um, but maybe you are and you, you know, you want to just do a couple episodes, I'll, you know, I'll see what the check is. But no, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm still piecing this podcast together in some ways, you know. Um, I haven't gotten the production company. I'm still doing all the editing and stuff. But the numbers are going up. And I'm, I, I really think audio and consistency, if I get the audio quality top notch, I love making the beats. I've been putting some new beats on. Uh, on these things. So I, I'm changing it up a little bit, but I do love that old classic organ beat that I had for the opening. So I may go back to it. Sometimes it just has that just a good fucking church organ is a, uh, is a rocker. Um, shout out to all the great rappers of the world who have been thinking about DMX, man. Wow. Talk about feel. That was a great New York moment, man. For real. That was a sick, crazy moment for me was um you know the, the life and times of dmx and his art in terms of rap dude his feel like nobody's gonna i mean be reels up there for me um with voice style but voice style dmx it wasn't even his rhymes or it was his voice and the energy behind it it's all energy all feel um and that's how people responded to it so strong. But no, this was, you know, like I was in a traffic jam and I stopped and I was in my car and it was busy in New York and traffic's always bad. But when it's really bad, it's just jammed up all the hell. But then all of a sudden, yo, I saw this monster truck rolling by with a casket on top and it was a parade. They were parading DMX's casket on a big ass like grave digger monster truck, like a uh, grave, like they used to have grave digger was uh, this big monster truck. That's like, you know, big wheels and shit. But uh, I saw this huge monster truck rolling down the street and it was DMX's uh, uh, corpse or is, I don't know if it was, but it was representing, it, it was a casket on there. And they, I think, yeah, they were driving around like for his burial all through the five boroughs people were and i have to people were playing the hell out of dmx dmx everywhere and guess what it was pretty good i liked hearing the songs <laughs> even though i mean and his stuff is really violent and it, it, it fucks with my head these days um all the violence and some of the hip-hop that i ingested that i love and i still love but uh but something about man DMX's voice and the, and the tone and the energy, the feel of it was just so real. And it just appealed to some human quality, I think, in everybody, um, you know, fighting to survive and figuring out this confusing wild life. 
Um, but it's a blessing and nobody knows what's going on. And uh, that's what makes it kind of fun. And the older I get, the more it comes down to, for me, just being kinder and just being in the moment not freaking out like last night I, I knocked over a glass of seltzer water oh it was a nice glass of seltzer water so fresh so clean um and it, i came out it was after a show and all the subways got canceled i had to it took me like two hours to get home and it wasn't that you know it was just like like back in the day when i was doing spots everywhere in the city but last night i was for real at gutter but the g wasn't running it was all fucked up so it took me like three hours to get home and then i got home and I, you know, I had a nice big fat glass of seltzer and I knocked it over and I was so bummed. It was, I was like, uh, you know, but then I just cleaned it up and it was over and that was it. Um, and then I was bummed that I got so bummed. I was like, a lot of it's how you react, but, um, I don't know. Uh, I love the reaction I get after I do an episode. Um, so I appreciate you guys being check out the Patreon, support the Patreon, that's where you can see the live video clips. These will be getting better. I'm doing more on the road. Um, I'm smoking fat bowls. We got a little like TV icon here. So you can just sit here and smoke bowls with me whenever you want uh, at, at the, on the cannabis coffee hour. Um, so shout out to Atlas Coffee. Shout out my brother-in-law for getting this, Bolivia. Uh, I want to come to your country someday and have even more coffee. All right, that's it. We're out. Peace and love. Be kind. Or, you know, do what you got to do. Uh, discovering truth is not a question of intelligence. It's intelligence, not intellectual ability or intellectual intelligence at all. Because if it were, I mean, there's so many people with really um, sharp intellects, you know, they have such skill at comprehending or going to the point. So if that was all that it took, there'd be many, very, many, many,